0: Hi, I'm Alice Living, best selling author, personal trainer, and host of Give Me Strength, where we discuss the positives of living a stronger life physically and mentally with the hope to inspire you to do the same. Welcome to Give Me Strength. My guest today is a journalist, influencer, and podcast host, Alex Light. Alex and I's paths have crossed a number of times over the years. I am a super fan of her Instagram. I absolutely love it. And I'm so excited to have her on the podcast for a proper chat today. I feel like our stories are really similar in many ways. And there's so much that Alex writes about that I sort of feel really resonates with me and my own journey. And I hope that will resonate with many of you today. So I am so excited to have you here. Alex, how are you doing?
1: Hi! Oh
0: my God, I'm so good. I'm so happy to be chatting to you. Our paths <laughs> have crossed a few times, haven't they? Yeah, it's so funny because, like, I remember coming on your podcast this is before right before you sort of really blew up on Instagram and I remember just being like oh my god you're so articulate and like so good at kind of explaining everything that you want to do and I just really resonated with it a lot and I think now it's so great to see how you've been on this journey and to see everything that you've done over the last few years is amazing um oh thank you and yeah it's just been so nice to watch from a distance as a little as a little fan Oh. fan oh thank you yeah I think I think you came on my podcast in the pandemic I think it was I know yeah I think it was just at
1: the start where zoom was. was like we were just figuring zoom out and we were like what is this yeah like, what is
0: this <laughs> <laughs> So weird. I wanted to talk first about like, obviously, you've had a really varied career, you went from being a full time journalist, you wrote for Hello magazine, you were an editor at Hello, to now running your Mm. swimwear business Light London, which I know you launched, I think it was last year, publishing your first book, which is so exciting. And also launching a number one podcast. Can you talk to me a little bit about that progression? You've obviously done a lot in quite a short space of time. How have you found yourself where you are now and really finding your groove with life which is what it seems like from an outsider's perspective
1: yeah so I've actually I I think people think Instagram is like a fairly new thing for me but it's not I've actually been on Instagram for like a really long time as an influencer for lack of a better word. Um, But I used to do, so yeah, so when I was um, at Hello Magazine and I was doing fashion and beauty and on Instagram, I would just do like my outfits and like my favorite beauty products. And that was back in the day where people followed people all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like now in social media, Instagram especially is so saturated. So uh, it's really hard to gain a following, but I gained one quite easily just through sharing my outfits. So I had around like 40,000 followers for for years, Mm. for ages but it was everything that i was doing on there and a lot of what i was doing was sharing photos that had been manipulated by by me like i'd edited them and i'd made myself thinner and smoothed my skin and just like completely altered my body like you wouldn't really recognize me from the original picture mm. and i i realized at some point and you know i was i was in the thick of an eating disorder at that, at that time and i just realized that this feels wrong this feels jarring what I'm doing feels so at odds with what is actually going on behind the scenes and it isn't what I'm doing isn't making me happy so I made that shift to start to talk about initially it was about eating disorders um, and body confidence and it's grown into more anti-diet culture now, yeah. and yeah, I feel like I feel like it's it has been a crazy few years in like a really good, a really nice way, and I'm i yeah, I feel very lucky for all of it. But I think what it comes down to is just that my story. I think a lot of people relate to my story, like mm. like you know you do, and like mm. like your story. I think it's just it's really common and eating disorders, disordered eating, chronic dieting, and body image issues are so rife and so prevalent and so mm. widespread. But there's still a lot of sh- uh, of shame and stigma around them and people are embarrassed to talk about them. So I think, yeah, it's, it's nice when someone feels relatable to you, which is why I think I've been yeah. lucky enough to have that success. Yeah.
0: The other thing that I think is so interesting is you said, like there's was obviously a lot of shame around it, but I also think there's another area of it that a lot of people don't even realize that what they've been doing for their entire lives or how they are living is actually disordered and I think one of the things that you're doing really well is not only calling out this stuff but also helping people just to understand like what is diet culture how does it infiltrate every aspect of our lives how does it make us do things differently to maybe how you normally would if you didn't have any of those external influences and I think that that's why I I really love and I really resonate with your content is because it's also just helping people to understand how this stuff really works I think for some people like you said they do realize okay I've got an issue there's obviously a disorder there there's Something going on that's not quite right. But for a lot of people, particularly the more kind of surface level stuff, that I won't have this and gluten free and that. Not that there's anything wrong with being gluten free, but you know what I mean. Like, there's lots of different things that sort of came about, and a lot of people don't quite even realise that that's that's disordered in its own way. Totally, there's so much stuff that like flies below the radar,
1: and also, and a reason that my platform feels more anti diet culture is that for a long time it was body confidence and self love, and me sharing my body and saying like, look, my body although it is not by any means marginalized, yeah. still does not look like the societal standard of beauty and the one that we've been, you know, force fed by the media forever and, and a day. So that stuff is important. And I I enjoy doing that stuff, but it always felt like there's something missing here because, and I know that I could consume and I did, I used to consume content like that until I couldn't consume any more of it, but it didn't quite work for me and I think I found out that I was that stuff is tackling a symptom Mm. rather than the problem the problem being diet culture and what drives diet culture and you know Mm. not to get all like too but like the patriarchy as well which underpins Mm. diet culture I think all of it is is conditioning that we've all been subject to pretty much for Mm. our entire lives so we just don't realize it we just yeah we just don't we just don't know any difference and humans are really good at just going along with stuff and not questioning and not challenging you know yeah if
0: i hadn't been taught about diet culture i would never ever ever n- never know it's so insidious as well like it just like i said earlier it, it infiltrates every aspect of our lives to the point that you do become so immune to actually even seeing it unless you're aware of what it actually is and actually that was going to be one of my questions was like i think for a lot of people they don't actually quite understand First of all, the term diet culture is fairly not new, like it's obviously been around in certain circles for a long time, but become more mainstream as a term. Are you able to maybe explain your kind of understanding of what diet culture is and how it presents? For sure. And it is a bit of a buzzword, isn't it? You know,
1: (laughs) say diet culture, and it's like, well, what does that actually mean? Yeah. And I think the definition that resonates most with me, and I'm going to butcher her words now but it's Chris, christy harrington who wrote that diet culture is a, a system of beliefs that thinness is the best thing that a human can achieve mm. so essentially it's the idea that we need to be thin we need to be smaller we need to work on shrinking and fixing our bodies mm. and that if we do that there's the diet culture myth that if we do that and we obtain that perfect body that we're going to unlock success and happiness and desirability and lovability. And it's like finding the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right? Like that's that's mm. diet culture really in, mm. a, in a nutshell. Mm. And it's all driven by the diet culture industry because without the diet culture industry, I don't think, I can't say for sure, but I don't think diet culture would yeah. be thriving as it is now.
0: Yeah. And I also think that everything you've just said is also far more apparent when we see thinness being rewarded by the people that we see on the tv the people that we see in the magazines the people we see as being successful Mm. tend to be thin white women so for that reason it's almost like the equation is if I put in this then surely I should get that because that's what I'm seeing as success and I think that's so challenging for people to kind of see anything other than one body type, one type of person as the pinnacle of what they should be looking like and should be aspiring to totally, and I
1: think that's a tricky one, and it's a tr- difficult one to acknowledge as well because there is a level of societal acceptance and respect that you earn from looking like the standard of beauty that's mm. that's the problem and that's I, I like you said, we see that we see the people being rewarded, we see this like who famous people like I can probably not. Even name a handful, like five fat women who are really famous, you know? Or do you know what I mean? It's it's just it's so the disparity is crazy, and I think yeah, yeah. But I think what we have to so that is difficult and awkward to acknowledge that that there is that level of respect and privilege, a privilege exactly that comes with it. But the cost of it is really big. It's huge, Mm. and also we know that that's not. And looking a certain way is not what truly makes you happy and I think that that's one of those cliche things like oh it's not how about how you look like mm. you know beauty doesn't bring you happiness but it is true it, it, mm. it really is true and it's like scientifically proven that that's not what brings us real contentment and joy and fulfillment mm. to our lives mm. like those are the th- that that comes from like leading a a healthy life and I don't mean healthy in the way that diet culture has come to you know define the word healthy I mean like genuinely healthy like nourishing our bodies and also treating our bodies and having good mental health and Mm. not dedicating our entire time to what we how we Mm. how we look what the numbers on the
0: scale say that's not healthy and I think as well both you and I can can attest to the fact that there's a huge amount of sacrifice for so many women that go into having to achieve a, a very low body fat percentage or a, a very a small yeah. lean physique and actually like when you you're right when we look at happiness like yes maybe you or I presented as the ideal I'm not saying I'm yeah. not that now like I'm i still a very privileged thin white woman and you know whatever but um I think that the sacrifices that I know I personally had to go to to get the body that I thought I wanted were huge and yet yeah I was seen as the pinnacle of health and like that you know the person who had the abs and it was like oh my god you're so healthy and I think that like it's such a warped concept of what we perceive to be success to be beauty Mm. to be all of these things um one of the things that I found really interesting and I actually wanted to ask you about was where a lot of this stuff stems from and I know that like I don't want to make this my own personal therapy session (laughs) (laughs) But but I know that a lot of my stuff definitely stems from childhood, from family environments, from what you were brought up with and what you felt presented itself to you as being what you had to do as a woman when you were growing up. And I just wonder if you had a similar experience. I know that you and I grew up in a similar time, you know, and there's a lot of what you talk about online, which is look at these magazine covers, look at these things that were being pushed to women at that time. Do you feel like it was almost inevitable for a lot of us to absorb that stuff, to absorb our mums always being on the Ducan diet, the Atkins diet, you know, the next diet? And then that paired with the mm. stuff that we presented within the media. Do you think it's almost inevitable for us to come out of that unscathed? Inevitable. It's the perfect storm.
1: And it, it all originates from one place, which is diet culture. And it all comes down to money, really. Like that's mm. at the root of it. Mm but it doesn't manifest in just one place. It's everywhere. It's ubiquitous and we cannot get away from it. And we're, I mean, when we're growing up, the only, the only, we only know what we know, right? And we only know what we know from the people around us. Mm. And so if the people around us are unhappy with their bodies, if they're constantly on diets, if they're talking about oh, that girl's big or, like, that celebrity's put on weight, hasn't she? We internalise all of that. Of course we do. We're sponges. And I think that is a big part of the reason that so many of us were – there's a statistic that I'm going to butcher it, but I think it's at the age of six that girls become aware of their bodies Mm. and – and uh, in relation to its size and I think that it's that doesn't surprise me anymore it's no wonder if that's the environment that you're growing up in and you have no counter narrative and no counter argument to that then why would you think any differently I mean and and it's not our parents generation. you know it's not the the older generation's fault either because they were just as much victims as Completely. Even the generation before that, it's just, yeah. it's been passed down. And I think the problem is that we think it's innate. We think it's innate to want to be thin. And we think that it's innate to be attracted to thin people. And that's what's beautiful, but it's not all of this is conditioning, which is illustrated perfectly by the fact that, you know, the ideal body size varies from culture to culture in different parts of the world and has done over time. You know, fat used to be a symbol of prosperity and wealth and fertility and health. And therefore people were attracted to fat people Whereas, you know, nowadays, the ideal is really thin. And and that just goes to show that it is not innate, it's all conditioning. And we've been subject to a barrage of conditioning. And I think probably it's way more than we even realize. And Mm. every single tiny, even imperceptible bit of, of conditioning has just been compounded. And then it's culminated in this belief system that We have to be thin. And if Mm -hmm. we're not thin, we're not attractive or we're not worthy or we can't be successful or we can't, you know, unlock this nirvana that, you know, diet culture promises. And yeah, that's a roundabout way of saying, yeah, we've consumed, we've consumed so much, you know, and I remember my mum saying, but I didn't, I I don't think I really, you know, I can't remember anything really telling me that I needed to be thin. And as, as I was actually writing my book and the more I was looking into it and the things that were advertised in the 70s and the 60s and the Mm. 80s and the things that are on television and then the ideal bodies and there's just an absolute barrage of stuff but Mm. we we don't we it's hard for us to identify it because we're so used to it it's so ingrained in us that it's felt normal our entire lives that's the
0: problem yeah no completely it's really interesting that you reference your mum there because I think that my mum would probably say the same not now because she's done a lot of work on herself but I think back in the day she'd be like no like it's it's got nothing to do with anyone else it's what I want to do and I'm like is it though and I don't think a lot of us even realize yeah. you know the effect that what we consume around us has so much to do with how we then feel about ourselves um, Yeah. you referenced earlier about the male gaze and uh, patriarchy mm. being one of the reasons why a lot of women want to keep themselves thin it's not even mm. necessarily for themselves it's often for their partner or their to be attractive to men because they believe that to be, like you said, the ideal the ideal body type, the ideal woman, mm. the ideal picture of beauty that they see. I know that you're mm. in a loving relationship and you're happily married and congratulations because you got married quite recently. <laughs> thank you, thank <laughs> you. Um, but I think it is really interesting to kind of, uh, for as much as you're able to talk about it, understand that journey. You've obviously been on a journey with your body and how you shared that with your partner. I know one of the messages mm. that I get, from a lot of women is i'm so worried about what my boyfriend might think uh i'm worried that i'm not going to be attractive if i gain weight um and, and and sort of those kind of conversations and i think it would be really interesting to hear how you navigated that mm. journey together and how he's clearly supported yeah. you through a really transformational time in your life
1: totally and um, just just quickly for anyone listening who's a bit like how is the patriarchy link to diet culture. Oh yes, yeah. I just no no. I was just because I was just thinking it like a few years ago. I probably probably would have been like, "What? like That yeah. makes no sense." But no, I hear like, you. <laughs> diet culture is a fantastic tool for the patriarchy because it keeps women quiet. It keeps us quiet and busy and obedient because we're too busy focusing on how we look and trying to change how we look, which is really difficult to do. uh That it just it zaps our energy and capacity to do anything else. So. It's a very, it's a yeah, it's a fantastic way to keep women quiet and obedient, which it it has done
0: for Ooh, a long yeah, time,
1: for sure. Um, but the yeah, so oh, it was. I, I actually met Dave when I was in a, a bad place with uh, bulimia, with my bulimia, and I was so scared to. For him to find out and for him to tell uh, for for me to tell him I was absolutely terrified and I kept it a secret for a really long time until it wasn't possible for me to keep a secret anymore because it was it was too obvious and I just thought I I still even though I had uh, I had opened up a little bit about this online but I still internally I still felt a lot of shame around it and embarrassment around my eating Mm. disorder and I was actually I'm embarrassed to to say still of the mindset that an eating disorder is just a vanity illness which is what a lot of people think it is which is often why it doesn't get the recognition that it deserves Mm. Um, and I thought there's something wrong with me because I'm I'm getting this therapy I still want to be thin you know I still want to be thin why do I want to be thin it must be because I want to look good so I'm just vain like I need to get over this, and so I was just very embarrassed, and I thought that if he found out, he wouldn't want to be with me anymore, which makes absolutely no sense now. Mm. But I was in my headspace; my mind was in a in a bit of a warped uh, space at that time, and it turns out telling him was actually uh, probably one of the. Biggest things that actually got me through to true recovery, alongside a lot of other stuff, because I hate when people, I don't hate it, but I, I often get frustrated when people say, Oh, is this one thing that I did? And then I recovered, because mm. I don't believe recovery is like that. I think it's so multifaceted and so complex. But Dave supporting me was like, I think, vital for my recovery and, and realizing and hearing him say and believing him when he said, I don't care. What weight you are? I don't care if you put on weight; that doesn't matter to me. That's not why I'm with you. I just don't care, and it, I really, really believed it. Mm. And it was at a time when I, when I was putting on weight through various different reasons, and it was still incredibly painful because at that time it was, you know, up until then I spent my entire life trying to be thin and trying to lose weight, so I was going mm. against everything that I dedicated my life to. Mm. So it was incredibly painful, but I think it was just about tolerable because of. His support but then I, th- I think I do have to acknowledge as well that I was lucky that he was that he's emotionally intelligent yeah not yeah. with himself <laughs> bizarrely <Yeah. laughs> but with other people he really does have a lot of emotional intelligence mm. and other partners just you know sometimes they lack that mm. and I think it doesn't you know it doesn't necessarily have to be your partner where you get this you know this support system from mm. it can be just someone that you trust. And I think it's just so important, like opening up and releasing Mm. the secret and i think it's brene brown that says that releasing the secret releases its power Mm. and that's so 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 true and it just it's a huge relief and just to have someone to talk to so i always encourage anyone if they can to just Mm. yeah and and like i say it doesn't have to be your partner you know and don't you know know, every partner has their like their good their good parts and their bad parts and Mm. and don't hold you know anyone listening don't hold your partner to day standard because that's just an area in which he genuinely in the really good like really mm. emotionally intelligent um but yeah someone that you can just open up to and that can offer you support is just hugely helpful I know you know that too it's mm. it's yeah. vital
0: we'll be back after this welcome back to give me strength and look I think that it's like it's amazing to hear stories like yours because I think we need to hear more of those. Uh, again, with Paddy, like when I, we got together, I was like tiny and yeah. my body has changed and and definitely for the better. And like we have such a healthy relationship in terms of conversations around you know, how I feel and my attractiveness and my confidence doesn't come from his acceptance of me. I think that's really important yeah. to kind of work out is that like it's important to have sexual chemistry to have connection to be attracted to each other for sure
1: but that doesn't
0: come from my body looking a certain way and actually like I think that it's so important to have examples like yourself where you hear a partner say I love you regardless of how you look I'm not with you for you looking this way like that's yeah. what our relationship is built on because I think you know when we look at things going back to diet culture we look at things like movies and sitcoms and all that sort of stuff like a woman gains weight and it's like the worst thing that could ever happen and you know the guy is losing his shit over it and it's just it just kind of reinstates that fact that like women are solely there to be attractive to men and you are a failure if you somehow change body shape from the time when you get with your partner to when you're like on your deathbed and it's just it's mad (laughs) actually like a a time when I think a lot of women really feel this is is when they're perimenopausal and menopausal I think that for example that's a time in Mm. women's lives where a lot of their their body does change and they're going through hormonal changes and again at pregnancy as well it's another time and You know, I hear from so many women, I'm sure you're the same, who are almost like doubly beating themselves up, not just because their bodies change, but also because they've changed for their partner. And I think it's a really complex, difficult part of their lives to navigate. And it does all stem from seeing one body type is a success. You know, I think you did a post mm. about trying to st- stay in the same size jeans from when you were like 18. Was it Was it you that did that? Yeah. And you know, like trying yes. to say, like attributing like I'm a size eight and that's the size I'm going to be for the rest of my life as though it's some kind of badge of honor. And it's just, it's really crazy that we hold ourselves to such crazy standards of, you know, beauty. And yeah, I just think it's so nice to hear your story about you and Dave and just hear about how you've navigated that journey, because it does give hope to other people that you can find someone that's like that.
1: Yeah. And look, I think a lot of people and and dating as a plus size woman can be really difficult because Mm. we do, you know, still live in this world that is rife with fat phobia. So it can be difficult and I don't want to negate any of that struggle. But if someone loves you for how you look and how your body looks and they don't love you, it's not love, Mm. you know, they might lust after you, but that's as deep as it goes. And you don't want someone that only loves you for how you look. That's not going to be then a relationship that's built on, on strong, solid foundation. Mm. Um, and the other thing as well is that men's bodies change as well. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. But that's that's never that's never met with any horror or concern. It's it's all focused on women's bodies changing, and mm. you know, I, I you know, have to acknowledge that they do more so because of things like the menopause and and pregnancy mm. and hormones. But men's bodies change as well. You know? Yeah no I completely agree <laughs> so it's, just, it's just part of being a human like everybody everybody changes and fluctuates according to their environment and their current like mental health or just whatever anything and also we don't even need to give like reasons for it you know like people's weight just fluctuates and yeah that's that's that yeah and, yeah. and don't let anyone yeah I hope that nobody listening lets anyone makes them feel bad for it because it's absolutely yeah. none of their
0: business definitely I'd love Mm. to hear about how you actually set out on this journey of, I'm going to call it a journey of self-love, but I don't necessarily know if that's how you describe it, but I don't quite know the words of finding body confidence, of finding self-acceptance. And also maybe you might use the words like just finding neutrality about your body, which I think is actually a really good way to describe it. That's how I would tend to describe how I feel about myself. I, I, I really don't feel that I'm like either a self-love person or a self-hate person I'm just trying to just exist and be like sometimes I'm this and sometimes I'm that but um I'd love to hear like what set you out on that path and what you feel were the kind of really positive steps that helped you to get to where you are now because I know that there are so many people who will want to know hopefully that process I mean obviously get the book as well (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: definitely no I like I, I like to think of it as body peace because it feels like I've been at war with my body for so long and now I feel like I'm at peace with my body and it's it's the best thing ever it truly is the best thing ever it's the most liberating thing in the world and it's the best thing I've ever done but I would like to stress and this is not to discourage people but just to keep expectations realistic so that you don't just like have another, uh, you know, change weight loss into another goal to strive towards. But it's been really hard and long. And my story is quite complex because I was initially diagnosed with anorexia, which then morphed into bulimia and eventually binge eating disorder. Mm. And so it's lasted a really long time. And there has been so much that has contributed to my progress and my recovery Mm. and that's why and this isn't I I promise you this isn't me like just trying to plug the book but that's what because I was like I I can't when women message me on Instagram and say how do I feel better about my body I just I can't give that to you in a DM it's so hard and it's so complex and while there was no light bulb moment for me because I don't really like necessarily believe in that in recovery Mm. because I just think it's 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 a lot slower and more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. I think what really helped me, which is why I do what I do now with anti-diet, what really helped me was knowing why I don't like my body and why I want to be thinner and why I idolize thinness. Because I was looking at all of these women who were showing off Their bodies, you know, plus size bodies, all different kinds of bodies. And I could see the beauty in all of them. But when it came back to me, I was like, but I still don't understand why I have this, what I thought was innate desire to be thin. And it was only when I started to research diet culture and get to the bottom of it. And the reasons why our collective body image is so bad and, and why so many women are dissatisfied with their body and want to be thinner want to lose weight why it's such a collective preoccupation mm. that was when I think something kind of clicked for me I was like I, I get it now I get the root of it I understand mm. I understand why and, and I can go from there and I think mm. that was it was quite pivotal mm. for me in understanding but But there were, were, of course, like other things as well. And one of those things was, as I was saying, seeing bodies, seeing bodies like mine, where my first reaction would be, oh, she looks great. And then my second reaction would be, but hang on, her body is very similar to mine. So if she looks great, why can't I look great? Why do I hate my body when I think, actually, this woman looks great? Mm. And that was a really interesting, like sort of sowed a seed of doubt in my mind, like hang on maybe this is a mind problem rather than a body problem which is of course what it it was and what you know body image issues tend to be you know yeah. problems in the mind rather than the body because I, I didn't think that I could accept my body mm. with any kind of weight gain and and now I'm uh, you know one of the biggest, uh, weights I've ever been and I'm genuinely okay with my body mm. and if you'd have asked me that five years ago I just said there's just no way in hell like meaning like there is absolutely no way that is an impossibility so mm. I now I now have proof that that was about my that was a, that was a problem with my mind not my body yeah and then I'm trying to think of like what were the other really important things for me but I think social media Instagram was uh, amazing amazing for me just having access to representation and diversity and you know I'd I'd never seen like none of us had really apart from like the Dove adverts you know the True Beauty adverts yeah. like, back in the day mm. which is still which is still quite a, a small variation you know small but they were doing it at least they were doing it they were doing something but apart from that I never seen any other body type than the standard of beauty represented in the media and to see it initially on Instagram was like shocking and my initial thoughts were oh my god like that is it just felt really shocking, mm. which is, I know it's sad to say and bad to say, but that's the truth. And I think that's what a lifetime of conditioning does to us, mm. is we're so used to seeing one type of person embracing their body that when we see something that falls outside that standard of beauty, it feels like, whoa, like, how can they do that? And it was, yeah, and, and that was really helpful, just access to that was really helpful at deconditioning myself from believing that beauty only lies in one type of of look because it's just not true it really isn't true and that that process was really nice of trying to find beauty and diversity and opening up my eyes to people around me and like you know even like people on the street to be like you know can I can I see the beauty elsewhere and work out and and that was a process of me trying to work out is it innate is it because that's what's beautiful or is it conditioning? And that was really cool then to start to see the beauty in other people and and different types of, you know, all different types of body sizes and mm. shapes and uh, races and gender. And that was really magical. And I think ultimately it allowed me then to see the beauty in my own body. Yeah. Um, but, but like you said, that doesn't have to be the goal. You don't have to love your body or think your mm. body's beautiful. Like in an ideal world, we would all just be neutral about our bodies. And we would just, I think a good place to be would, be that we all we can all live our lives without how we look impacting how we live our lives yeah I think that would be a good place to be but in the world in the world we live in I can see why body love and self-love it's a huge act of rebellion and I think that the you know the the pendulum almost does need to swing the other way before it it settles so I, I understand why that stuff is around and why it's so powerful for so many people
0: yeah definitely and I think that um like so much of you said that you what, what you said there is is so poignant and I think that um particularly when it comes to social media like hearing you say about diversifying your feed of seeing different bodies I think if there were one thing that I could get all women to do that's instantly going to make them feel better is not just to follow like thinspo which I know so yeah. many women like I remember like back in the day having like abs as my screensaver and you'd have like a Pinterest board, which would have like all the bodies that you wanted to look like. And it would, you know, you'd use it as like motivation when actually like a lot of this stuff just makes us feel so shit about ourselves. And actually like my newsfeed now on Instagram is so diverse and it really helps me to be like out of my head of being, of, of feeling other than, do you know what I mean? Like feeling as though like I'm the anomaly or I'm somehow different. Now I look at all different bodies and just the same as you can see the beauty in all of them, which is so powerful. And I was just going to say, it's actually, if you look
1: at it objectively, it's a really weird and warped place that we've ended up in where we are encouraging everyone to look the same. Essentially, that's what we're doing. We're telling everyone to look like the standard of beauty. So white, white but tanned, thin, thin, you know toned and that is so wild because we are all so incredibly different and actually shouldn't that be what is so beautiful about the world that's so amazing like imagine if flowers there was only ever one type of flower like there was just roses you know yeah like flowers look so beautiful all together and yeah. And, uh, you know all types of flowers are, are so beautiful and I think it's just such a yeah such a warped place that we've ended up in where we think that everyone has to look the same to be beautiful
0: completely and also a lot of the time a lot of women are fighting their genetics to be where they want to right. be they are fighting their predisposed genetics which make up such a huge part of the size and shape that we are and right. actually it's you, you said it this earlier, and I think it's such a great way to say it. You are at war with your body. Like I am not made to be yeah. skinny. I do not have that body type. Like I, I yeah. will, I could try every day for the rest of my life to fight what I am given, but it's exhausting. And actually like, right. there are so many women who I see, you know, I, I remember when I was seeing clients full-time as a PT and like, there would be so many women that I'd have come in who were like, right, I want to be this weight in this size. And I was just, and I would just sit there being like, that would be a lifelong fight. Right. We could definitely make, you know, change things slightly. But you mm. know, a lot of the time women are just fighting 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 to try and again go against what they have been given as their shape and mm. i just think that you as you referenced earlier it's a it's a lot of the time it's just freeing for women to be like oh there's another way yeah i don't yeah. have to be exhausted every day i don't need to be constantly fighting to look a certain way and i just think like if we can help more women to to achieve that freedom then yeah. the world is going to be a happier place <laughs> totally oh my god totally like I
1: try not to dwell on this too much because there is nothing I could do about it but if I think about the the years and years that I spent just like locked I always call it like a mental prison because that's exactly how it felt mm. like nothing has ever really described it like that does for me and if I think about all that time and energy and ev- everything like capacity all of it if I think what I else I could have done with it yes yeah. it's it's sad. It, it is really sad because there is a whole world out there, and we end up feeling, we, we end up becoming so insular because we are, you know, we just turn our our entire efforts and focus to how we look. And at the end of the day, and this is the thing, like this is a question that I wish I'd asked myself earlier: is why, mm. like why, yeah, why? Because you know, when I was the thinnest I've ever been, or when my body looked as close to you know the ideal body as it did Mm. I was the most miserable that I was
0: Mm.
1: and I mean yes I had some external praise but what does that mean nothing that that doesn't mean anything Mm. if I am miserable and unhappy and living a really small and unfulfilled Mm. life yeah Mm. I had no social life like my career was I was barely functioning Mm. you know and all all, all, all for, for what just to, mm. for a bit of external praise like it doesn't it doesn't make sense mm. and the sacrifice is nowhere near worth it like not in a million years mm. and again going back to like my life is absolutely not perfect and my mental health is not perfect but I'm the happiest now that mm. I've ever been and I'm also at one of the biggest I've ever been mm. so like that is that has got to be proof like yeah. it's got to be proof that something's not you know that that diet culture myth is just mm. a myth
0: mm. How do you stop yourself comparing yourself to other women's bodies? Like it's something that like even now I still find like they get the odd moment where I'm like, oh, she, you know, like that, that sense of comparison culture, how do you stop yourself from falling into that trap? Yeah. I mean, this was big for me. Like I'm like comparison was so big
1: for me Mm -hmm. and it would just, it would send me spiraling all the time, like really spiraling. But I've, I think I've really, I've re I've realized because i think it's easy to say a lot of this stuff but it's harder to actually make it true in your own head Mm. but i think it's now true in my own head that everybody has like we said different not just different genetics and different dna but different upbringings different mental health different environments and it's literally like comparing apples and oranges for you to compare yourself to anyone else unless it's your twin and you haven't left home yet you know and even even then even so it's not a fair comparison yeah so I just think there is it is futile it is it is futile for me to compare my body to someone else's because Mm. that's their body and this is mine and I Mm. only have this one so I have I have two options I either fight it I fight my reality and make myself miserable or I lean I lean into like, well, this is my body and that's okay. Mm. Like this is the body that I was given and I'm cool with that. That's yeah. the body she was given and like, great, cool. Mm. Yeah. And I know all of this is like a lot easier said than done and it's really hard to put into practice. And I think for me, it's been a lot of like doing CBT on myself really mm. and just like challenging myself whenever this has come up to be like, hang on, rather than letting myself spiral with like, oh look at how she looks I'm like compared to me like I just feel horrible about myself or whatever I've challenged myself on like well what what does this comparison do like what does it serve and actually Mm. it doesn't serve anything it just makes me miserable mm. and yeah it's it's painful to fight with your reality so mm, it's for you know. sure
0: finally let, uh tell us about the book i'm so excited i mean i have it here i don't i don't actually have it here here but i do have it here it was it arrived the other oh. day and i'm so excited to read it and i'm really proud of you i mean it's such an amazing achievement but um yeah. Tell us a little oh. bit about what to expect from the book. Yeah. So was, I literally, like, I keep saying like I threw the kitchen sink at it because I was like, I want to put down
1: everything that made me feel better about my body and that I know has got a chance of making other people feel better about theirs. Mm. So and I literally, and and also like I am not an expert in any way. I'm, an, I'm a non-expert. I just have a lot of it. I just have firsthand experience. So I wanted to call on actual experts. So mm there is literally everything in there that I thought was really important. So like nutrition, um, fitness, um, some, you know, there's a doctor to talk about uh, the medical aspect of uh, weight stigma and and fat phobia. It goes into, it really delves into the media as well. And, you know, like I keep saying like the root of like why we feel the way we do and the history of diet Mm. culture, which is just, Mm. So fascinating literally you just you as you map it out you just watch one person make it up and it just snowballs from there yeah. and then suddenly you've got a hundred and ninety two point something billion dollar diet industry so it's it's wild um and yeah I've I've been like like to think of it as like a body image Bible I guess mm. it's like it's my body image Bible and yeah. it's like the book that I I wish I could have given myself. All those years ago, when I was in a really dark place, because I mm. think it would have helped at least offer, uh, you know, a, a counter narrative to to diet culture, which is what we're so entrenched in.
0: Yeah. No, hundred percent. I, I can't wait to read it. And I'm so excited for you. Um, when's it come out? By the time this airs, it'll already be out. Yeah, yeah it'll so. be out. So it's out. <laughs> yeah, which is amazing. Crazy. Um, oh, so, but I'm yeah. so excited for you. And um, yeah, I can't wait, to, can't wait to read it properly. Alex, thank you so much. I just want to say really
1: quickly that I love what you do as well and your content and seeing it. And I think you are, I think you've really been good at like lifting the curtain on the like the diet culture myth as well you know because you were so uh, praised and celebrated for looking a certain way weren't I you know. for so, for so for sure. long <laughs> so revered and then and now you know you saying that now you, you don't necessarily look that specific way anymore but you're uh, you know you're you're happier I think that's a really valuable message and I, and I love it so yeah thank you so much for having me.
0: I think it's also about changing the goalposts like just to end just to finish up but you mm. know like for me we have such a a warped concept of health. And I think that was, you know, you said that your thing was all about finding the why behind diet culture. For me, it was like, what does health actually mean to me? Like, is it not having periods and having, you know, losing your hair and not sleeping at night? Or is it actually having a really full, happy Yeah, food, food, like food enjoyment, food freedom, like all that stuff that I just stopped myself from doing, like that to me is health. And I think that like when I changed my concept of what health meant to me, it just opened so many more doors to being like, this is health, taking two weeks off the gym, three weeks off the gym, that's actually health and like so sleeping, you know, like all those things. And like, that's really been my why. And I think like, it's so nice to hear another person's journey and hear about what helped you because I think, oh, you know what? I'm actually going to look into that because I feel like that would be really helpful. But I think throughout this chat, I think the thing that I really have come back to each time is, you know, finding peace with your body is a difficult journey, but it's one that has the most rewarding end and I don't really see there being an end as such but a kind of a rewarding outcome yeah and to see someone like yourself go through that to go through that journey and to play it out really publicly as well like you have done um I just think it's really admirable and it's so nice to have people like yourself that we can now reference as you know, this is someone that's just going to make you feel good about yourself. And I think women need to have those people in their lives. We need to have people that we can go to yeah. who we look at and say, you just make me feel a bit better about myself. And that's what you yeah. do for me. And I'm I'm so grateful oh. to have you on today.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, Alice. I no, love okay. chatting
0: to you. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening i really hope you enjoyed that episode i would love it if you could take some time to rate your view and follow the podcast as it really helps others to find it we have a new episode dropping each week so this will also ensure you don't miss out see you next time insanity group